Another episode of the Runners Club podcast. We back. We in here. We doing it. Episode umpteen. You feel me? Of season two. Umpteen. Umpteen. Yeah, that's actually might be the name of the episode. But this is Ian Gonzalez, your co-host. I am with the wonderful, the glorious, the ever bright Courtney Courtney Phillips. Phillips. (laughs) (laughs) I'm glad we're here again. Yeah. We feeling good. We feeling good. I was just telling her I woke up. I woke up hours before this episode so I could be in a great space. You know, I ate, had some chorizo, some plantains, some rice and beans. You know what I'm saying? For breakfast this morning. I'm hydrated already. I'm ready to go. I spent quality time with my boo this morning via FaceTime. So I'm feeling good. I'm ready to fucking record. Let's go. I'm actually surprised that you said that you normally wake up right before we record because I envision you as a morning person because like I'll be this morning. I struggled. I struggle every morning because my alarm clock is for 6 a.m. every day during the week. And so I struggle between the hours of like 6 and 6.30 fighting for the half of me that like wants to stay in bed and the other half that's like, no, girl, get up and go to the gym. At least get some cardio in. Raise your heart rate. Do something. You know, so I was at the gym this morning and I have to admit, though, that like I haven't I don't feel like I'm as hydrated and nourished as you. When we hopped on the call, I was eating Oreos, Oreo thins. (laughs) Recovery. So I didn't have a smoothie, a protein smoothie, but then I had some tea and I was like, you know what? These Oreo thins look good. Looking good. I had to cop some. Awesome. The the holy grail of vegan snacks. Right. I just been craving cookies. I was at Target yesterday and I'm like, I just, something led me to that aisle. And I was like, well, it's going to happen. I love it. No, I'm not a morning person. I have just been forced through bad, poor decisions in my youth to have to wake up at seven o'clock for majority of my life, 6 a.m. majority of my life. And now that my son is 16, I I have a hard time getting up. And it's really only because I'm not, I know this is a running podcast and they they like supposed to be speaking to runners, but my life in running lately has been very tumultuous. It's like, that's not even a word. That's not how you say that word, but it's been, you know what I'm saying? Hard. So, you know, I use, if I'm getting up early, it's usually to like work out, you know, lift a little bit and, you know, try to get up and run and stuff. But lately, most of the time, I ain't been getting out of the bed to like, 8, 8.30 in the morning, which is really kind of like late. And then like, like on Thursdays, like I don't be trying to do shit before this podcast. <laughs> I've tried a couple of times and it's too much. And so I don't get, I lay up. I be laid up. It's like 9.30, 7 o'clock. There's no shame here though, because <laughs> there are runners who run in the morning, midday and, you know, afternoon, evening, you know. I hate even running. But I'm saying that's for some people. So, and it's, and I think that there's an, an, an assumption that all like runners are like early birds, which right. 
I think, I mean, to, to an extent it can be true, especially when you're training and you need to get in a certain amount of miles before like the sun comes up and it's blazing hot outside. But even then, like I've heard runners say that they'll just do it at night sometimes when the sun goes back down and it's cool and they'll just put their little light, their light vest on with the, with the light show going off. And Right, right, you know. right. The little thing. Yeah, yeah. exactly. Nah, Shout lot. out to Nia. Cause she, she be posting about that, especially in the winter months when it's, dark all the time um yeah so yeah no shame no shame i'm you know i'm also i'll just say that i'm i'm tired it's okay it's okay we're gonna (laughs) we're gonna we're gonna give you our energy sending energy through through the zoom yeah the speakers and stuff like that we're gonna charge you up but also shout out to the fact that it is now officially bike season it is I have been riding my bike. My bike has been like, yo, fuck you, bro. I'm not going to work as easily as you think I'm going to work. So I've had a couple of days where I'm I'm riding and my left hand is just like black as hell from the chain. You know what I'm saying? Having to put the chain back on. But other than that, man, I've been, I I rode through the rain last night. It felt so good. Oh my God. I forgot that coming towards my house, like in Washington Park, like it's like a, it's like this one part of the road where it's really low, but it is really a long, gradual incline. Okay. And I forgot about it because I've been walking it or run, I've been walking it, not so much running it. Yeah. And it was like I felt it in my thighs. Like it was like, this is a hill in. <laughs> and so. So feel the I, burn. Right. Feel the burn. So I was like, okay. This is, I'm going to go back to doing my speed workouts around Washington Park. So like 60th to 55th, around 55th, and then just through like the little park. Because I think it's a couple inclines because your boy is coming back this year. I'm coming okay. back to the fucking speed this year. I am coming the fuck Speed back on all head. levels, you know, runner, biker, speed walker. Just all of it, all of it. Listen, I got, I got my buoy and my goggles for some oh, open swimming. water swimming. Period. I got all of that in the lake. I got all of that. It's, it's happening this summer. Like no game this year, it's happening. You know what I got in my Amazon uh, uh, cart right now? What? A swim board and the swim, uh, like the little buoy thing. Not the buoy that is you put your stuff in. I'm probably, this, I'm using the wrong words, but the thing that you like put between your thighs or your like uh, ankles yeah, 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 yeah. so that you can like not move your legs and have something yeah. to hold on to, but then move your arms and make oh, it an arm workout. Oh, you swimming workouts. Look, but I used to do this. When I lived up in Lakeview and used to go to uh, the CAC, Chicago Athletic Club, like I used to, yeah. they had all the equipment so I didn't yeah. have to think about buying it. But now, you know, I'm over here on Southside and, and mm. you know what I mean? LA Fitness. Right, Shouts right, out to right. them. But, I, you know, they don't have all the equipment. So I have to just buy it for myself. So I am really actually excited to get back into doing these types of workouts that are very more targeted. Um, because I do find myself sometimes just like floating around in the pool because that's also fun. And <laughs> I, I enjoy that as well. So, Courtney has to get swole with this swimming. Jeez, you can have a back, nigga. Like, like it's already coming. You know, I was so. Do you ever stand in front of Karen and just be like, "Do you see the progress?" Because like some days, like yesterday, I was feeling it, and I was looking in the mirror, like, "Let me just double check." So I had to go out 
into the living room and be like, Matthew, do you see my back right now? Do you see these arms? Do you see my thighs, bro? He just be looking at me like over that that couch right now, nigga. Like, (laughs) (laughs) how are you this calm? (laughs) Yeah. Yeah, no, I I ask Karen that all the time, and she was like, no. Like, oh, okay. My clothes say different. Fuck you. <laughs> I'm like, you don't see this transformation right now. Right. I need you to be. I need you to be my eyes. Right. My 14 day transformation, nigga. Like, period. Yes. <laughs> well, I'll, so look, I have to. I, okay. This, you know, we be doing our intros, but we also be having guests, and our guests for this week has just popped into the chat waiting hey. room. So let's get into that, you know, and um, always remember, send us your listener letters. We'll remind you at the end of the podcast. But I'm just going to plug it right here just in case you don't get to the end of the podcast and you don't know. Yes. Runnersclub773 at gmail.com. Comments, thoughts, uh, love. We accept it all. Hey, also, it. Just... also, you know, down, follow, our, follow our podcast, you know, give us some ratings. Show us that you love us. Yeah, yeah, we need, we need affirmations. We need tangible <laughs> yeah. love. Okay. Show us. All right. So, likes, we'll- are like, likes and subscriptions <laughs> are like hugs. And yes. We need more. We need more. Follow us on Instagram, Runners Club Podcast. Okay. <laughs> All right. We'll be right back. All right. We're back. And our guest today has been a guest before. Yes. So, we had to have him come back because, you know, the Boston Marathon. Happened last weekend, and my man has several things going on. He he's the mayor of Boston, as far as I'm concerned. <laughs> um, love it, love it. Sydney Baptista, welcome into the podcast. What's good? What's good, family? I'm so happy to be here. I'm sad not to see you, the two of you here in Boston, but I saw so many of your people here in Boston, and they were just having so much fun. Um, and I know that they're going to go home and tell the stories to make you come back next year. So. Yes, 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 man. I was like, I was like, when you text me, I was like, I was like that Kevin Hart uh, joke, man. See the way my checking account is set up. Right. Man, check is at the savings. You feel me? Like next year, next year, I got you. I got you. But <laughs> it looked like, like it looked like Boston was was lit. Like it looks so good watching the stories. Watching everybody's speed and timeline, it looked like you really, really, really made Boston exciting this yeah. weekend. And I don't—I mean, I don't even know where where to start. Do I start with the with the store? Do I start with the with the true Boston Marathon? Like, <laughs> do I start with the with the events? Like, wh- where do we go? Like, lead us, take us down this yeah. path, bro. It's very exciting. So this is actually my first opportunity to reflect and be honest with you. And I'm actually super excited to do it live with y'all um, because I've been just nonstop from like Wednesday of last week to when to Tuesday of this week. And then Wednesday was my first day off in like 20 something days, like 26, 27 days. Um, so I took the day off yesterday. Um, mm-hmm. So it's my first time to really think through and reflect. So it's going to be really cool. Um, yeah, I think we should start with just Kind of, uh, I guess the space. I think the space was a huge component of, our, of having a successful weekend. I, hey, let's just talk about Boston coming back full time, right? Because the yeah. last time we had Boston, it was, um, it was in October. It was no, the last time we had a full Boston was 2019, right? But then yeah. 2020, 2021, it was like uh, October based. Um, so it was the yeah. same weekend as uh, Chicago. Yeah, hence why I had to come to Chicago the week before. 
CR. Um, but it was like, you know, half to a quarter of, you know, probably closer to, to 30% of the field was here in October. And we had, you know, we had a pretty successful Boston Marathon weekend, but I didn't realize what we were missing until this year. It was like, wow, this is mm. out of control. It was like, yeah. Yeah. So Boston back full time was a big part of it for sure. Of course, of course. Y'all, y'all had the full field. Everybody was out there spectating, cheering. Yeah. It was, it was yeah. back to uh, pre-pandemic fanfare, right? Yeah, absolutely. And it felt just like that too. Very, mm-hmm. it didn't really feel like you know. It's almost like kind of forgot that the pandemic was a thing, you know. Other than right. there was, so, other than being in shock of how much was going on, because I guess we hadn't experienced it so long. Like it was just, just normal. So it was really, really cool. Yeah. I love it. And I, I do want to say before we get too far for anyone who's not familiar with you, can you just do a quick little synopsis mm. of like who you are and all the brands you got going on, all the things you got going on in, in yeah, Boston? Sure, sure. So my name is Sydney Baptista, uh, born and raised in Boston. Uh, and I created uh, a running community called Pioneers Run Crew uh, that was created to diversify the running community in Boston. I'm from Dorchester, which is primarily black and brown area. Um, where I grew up, where I still live. And so after uh, getting into running and becoming a running coach and becoming first becoming a Nike Pacer and a running coach um, for the Heartbreak Hill Running Company, which the Heartbreakers are in Chicago, um, working with Dan and Justin, um, I was like, you know, it's time for me to bring running. And I was like really struggling with getting people to come join me to run, you know, in the, in the parts of Boston where I was running, which is the common white areas where running was normalized. So I brought running in my neighborhood in 2017. And since then, uh, we've just really been just doing things to answer or to fill the gap of what's been missing. So everything we're going to talk about today and everything we've been doing is just to fill the gap of what's been missing. So the first was to create a running community. Um, and then the next was to create our own marathon because, you know, Boston doesn't, the Boston Marathon starts in Hopkinton and runs through all the rich predominantly white neighborhoods yeah. right. uh, and communities, uh, not even neighborhoods, but it's towns. In, Does in it Black- even go into Boston at all? Does it end in Boston? It about a mile and a half, about 1. Point, I think, I think 1.2 to 1.5 miles in Boston. Um, okay. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So, you know, and so, yeah, so that's yeah. what I do. I, yeah. And then I, I created, and it's a marathon and I created a running apparel company um, to serve the community that, that we've created and the types of communities that we create, or I think Pioneers Run Crew, I know Pioneers Run Crew was just Boston's version of Gumbo Fit, Seven on Sunday, mm-hmm. um, and right. wherever that type of lives around the world. And so we yeah. want to create an apparel piece to that, to that culture, that community, those people that we serve. Yeah. And I would suggest our listeners, if you haven't heard, listened to uh, the first time we had Sydney on, um, Sid goes into detail about just the quality of this apparel line. Um, it's not merch. It is like, it's, it's giving Lululemon, but even better, you know, it's, it's giving all of the vibes. So I just definitely go back and listen to that if you don't know, and also support, we'll put the link in our uh, description and obviously on social so you can check it out. Yeah. And I think a lot of what I've learned this weekend also is people walk in and they touch the fabric and their eyes light up. Right. And I'm like, yeah, you know, it looks good on social. It looks good here and there. But like, I think we've talked about this before. Uh, people don't expect black owned companies to have really good product. But then on top of that, we also have to be better. We have to have better fabrics than Lululemon to be able to make money because right. we 
also just right. you know take it back to like black and brown people gotta do gotta work harder and do twice better. Twice as good. Um, yeah, twice gotta be twice as good. So I can't come in with fabric that's not better than than anything else because people will just think it's you know whatever. But um, well, but let me been, just yeah. can I just give a testimonial as a customer. Sure. I bought a hat. I don't have I don't have all the gear, but I bought a hat and that hat took it really carried me through the winter. That's Merino cool. wool, like softer than any of the other hats that I've had. Like the sweating was not an issue because if you put on those cotton hats, it like kind of sits on you, like on your forehead oh. and just doesn't yeah. really go anywhere. But that hat, I think Matthew and I have gone back and forth about like who's wearing it when because it's <laughs> it's great. I like, I put it, I'm like, I very much like care about maintaining it. And I'm like, I need to get the other colors, you know? So it's, it's good. All, all the, I say all the products, I think um, I want to try like the leggings pretty soon. You know what I mean? I'm trying to budget out. I, I don't usually buy, I, I have to admit, I don't, with being in connection with Nike, well, I haven't course. bought stuff in a minute. So exactly. I'm like, I know. <laughs> or spending money on product, they just give it to her. <laughs> you know, kind of a big deal. So I definitely understand. I've been in your shoes. I don't, you know, I don't, I don't, I don't purchase them. We're just, no. We're blessed to be able to be leaders and the brands want us because they want our people, right? So they give us right. stuff. Right. But right. It, it's springtime and it's time to buy. Like it's springtime and it's time to yes. refresh the, the, the options we have for running. And yeah, I yeah. mean, like, I think it's definitely that time of year. The funniest yes, thing though, yes. Is that the partner? I think I might have even mentioned this to, to y'all before or in the DMs to either Matt or you, whoever's wearing the hat at the time. It's the couple, like the couples and partners, they fight over the product, right? Like anything that you just like, So, a couple stories. Uh, Ashley Davies out of out of um, Seattle, she, she her, her crew is um, Seattle, no, Club, Club Seattle Runners Division, CSRD. She bought a sweatshirt. Her husband took it. So oh, like, wow. Far, right? I bought, <laughs> I, I bought the joggers. My wife takes my joggers. Like, we share our joggers. And then, like, the hat, <laughs> all the partners share the joggers. It's crazy because everyone still like, so this is too good. So, yeah. Oh, no, no smoke, man. Right. Me and Karen are nowhere near the same. So, get your ass out of my joggers. <laughs> all right. No. And then, another, another homie this weekend, Joe Shane from um, Joe Shine from Teamwork in New York, he bought a pair. And then he came back and bought another pair. He's like, nah, I don't want no smoke on my, or my, my fiance. Like, we're both going to have our separate because that's how good it is. Like, it put is. On, like, yo, he's like, changing my life. So she, he came back and bought a second pair, same size for his, for his uh, fiance. So funny. But the partner duo over the product is, is a thing. So I might have to do some, some social, like, I have to do something funny about that, you know? Yeah, Please yeah, do. Because yeah. also, I love you. The energy. Shouts out to your wife, too. Because her on social media has really just given us all of the energy we need, you know, just like the dynamics of you two yeah. working in your office, like, and just also your beautiful child. Like, I'm just, I'm, a, I'm a fan. I'm just gonna say that. Thank you. She, she hates it. Uh, she doesn't. She's not a social media person. She, got to, she doesn't even have a social account. But now I think she's done with it. But uh, it was good while it lasted. Yeah, she, the she's, TikToks <laughs> were great. I just have to say. Thank you so much. Thank you. So you are there. You are there right now with the material you had. Is is this is this legit? Just pop up, or is this like a full on like you know like store? Like are you there forever now? So let's yeah, we start with the space and go through the weekend. So it was big for us to be able to put together a space because I think, like I said before, um, you know, being a black owned business, people second guess you and you know doubt you, and so like. Have a space where people can come create, come 
experience the product, experience the community in person mm-hmm. was super important. So what we did, we, we took a space for 30 days here on Newberry Street, which is, um, I would say like Michigan and Montreal, like where all the big brands are, like, you know, Rolex, Ralph Lauren, cool. you know, the, That's all amazing. those, what else? So, uh, all the big stores. Yeah. Like, and then on top of that, all of the running brands, they came and did a pop-up on Newberry Street too. So Asics, Brooks, Puma, uh, a couple of CLA, a couple other ones uh, were, uh, did their pop-ups here. So we were like, people were like, oh man, you're on Newberry Street. And it was one of those things where it kind of pissed me off a bit because I'm like, people started respecting what I was doing because I was on Newberry Street. Right. Not because, yeah. I money up. Not because I created this product line that's really hard to do. Not because it's like really dope, but because... I took the final step and put it somewhere where the hype, the hype is the yeah. clout. So mm-hmm. it kind of, you know, it kind of pissed me off a little bit, but it was okay. <laughs> people were just like, then they realized it. People came from all yeah. over. So they realized you're a, not playing. It's always, you're there's always going to be that, that population. You not always. People don't take me serious. That's one thing I've learned. People don't take me serious until I do it. And they're like, oh, okay, so yeah, I'm not playing you. You're right. And then they ask you how you did it instead of, paying attention yeah. to the process as you were doing it, trying to tell them yeah. what you were doing. Yeah, yeah, exactly, exactly. You know? So yeah, so it's a 30-day pop-up and I can give you a tour if you like. Yes, yes, yes. please, yes. yes. If, you, if you are listening to this in your headphones on Apple, on Spotify, you are missing <laughs> out, go to our YouTube page, the Runner so, Club podcast on YouTube, check out this tour that we are getting of the Pioneer Shot. I'm going to start here. So we got What's the square here. footage? I'm curious. Ah, probably 1,700. Okay. Wow. But we got some, you know, we got some dope photography in the space. So I'll start back wow. here. It's kind of like, uh, and it's oh kind of a mess. God. So I, I apologize. Right it is ahead. not a mess. So we this got is a fucking store. A whole store. The glass yeah, is the yeah, the floor to ceiling glass is in the lighting. Come on now. I'm doing some shipments, so that's why that's upstairs. But it's a nice blue couch. The DJ was set up here this weekend, but the DJ equipment's gone except for the speaker. Right. So it's kind of like a void area right now. But it was like the DJ was right there, and the vibes was everywhere. <laughs> you got a lot so, of products too. It looks like palettes, you really filled like, in yeah. the space. Yeah, no, we did a really good job. So my buddy runs a company company called uh-huh. Coffee. So we had him bring his coffee in. We got some um, some sneakers in the space. So we have my one of my favorite things is this run the culture wall or glass. So we mm. put this vinyl. That has run the culture and everyone came in and signed kind of like where they're from. Uh, it's kind of like a community wall to like, that's the, you know. Wow. Yeah. So that was dope. You know, and it, I wanted to make it feel like a streetwear, streetwear store. That's the value so like, giving. Yeah. The photography is amazing. Of, yeah. I'll show you the photography. So we had our vinyl of the, of our run team right on the floor. Mm-hmm. And so when we had this weekend, we had all our speakers sit here and then we have chairs that kind of went back that way. Yeah. So it was really dope. And the photography obviously is dope. So dressing. So I would say that this side of photography is the streetwear side of the product because it's a performance streetwear brand. So we have like mm-hmm. the streetwear kind of like dressing it up, dressing it down kind of photography. Mm-hmm. And then the other side is the running side. Mm-hmm. So oh, that's dope. Got the running photography here. You know, all that. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah beautiful pictures, beautiful pictures. Oh my God. Like, so I'll just take a step back out for y'all, give you some. 
with your view of the space. The mannequins. The mannequin, yeah. Come on now. The I mean, I'm thinking I'm taking it all in. I see, you know, yes. you got there, there some is really some nice decor. I, okay. Yeah. I love that you've stepped down into it. Oh yes. wow. Yeah. So you enter space. from the street, you step down into Pops the store. Pops is always here helping. What's up? Oh my god. Doing it big, Pops. Wow. And then this is the side where oh, we Oh, you have, got a recovery station uh, yeah, situation yeah. So going on. Hyper ice recovery. Put our 26 point true vinyl on the wall. Yes, yes. This was a uh, this so our book fell because we got a um a hand fell, but this is our tribute to the black and brown people that have been murdered by police in this country. So we had a little tribute here. Mm. Love that, love that. So I was dope, but the book fell, I think, over overnight to this this past evening. So yeah, I'm just no, this space. is this is beautiful, man. As a store owner myself, there is some healthy and loving jealousy going on right now. <laughs> yeah, I was thinking, you know I was like, Ian's definitely taking notes right now. Yes. Yeah, so yeah, you doing some you did you did some stuff in this space that I didn't think of. You're doing some stuff in this yeah. space that I've thought of, like, but you're doing it and it it's fucking amazing. It looks Thank beautiful. You, so my little sister came up with the concept. She was like, you know, you should do palettes and you should do big yeah. photos and you should do these boxes. And I was like, ah, I'm, I'm, I'm going to do all that. And then I hired a consultant um, who does, who's done successful pop-ups. Um, mm-hmm. You know, this is, this is the blueprint. And then she just kind of went off and yeah. she was worth it. You know, she was like, I think she's like 50 bucks an hour or something like that. And oh, it was worth it. Bad. Yeah. To be able yeah. to like, give her the blueprint and have her come up and, and source all the stuff that we needed. Yeah. And it wasn't right. like the marketplace, bro. like the couch, the pallets. Yeah. I was going to say those pallets are probably, that's a really innovative way to save money, but also still be like, yeah. Uh, yeah. like different in, in yeah, how yeah, you're yeah. styling it. Yeah, yeah. That's, that's dope. So, so that was dope. Yeah. Yeah. I love it. I love it. So you got the, the 26 point true, which popped up yeah. on my timeline. Uh, it was another runner who was talking about it. And the first words out of her mouth was like, you want to run the true Boston Marathon <laughs> yeah. in Boston? Right. This is where it's at and stuff like that. And so tell us a little bit about the 26 point true Boston Marathon. Yeah. And, what, and also to like, yeah, I'm a, go ahead. But things I'm curious about neighborhoods and also how close it is to the actual, like the official sanctioned Boston Marathon. Yeah. And, absolutely. and like the participants, what that yeah. looks like. So, born and raised in Dorchester, Boston Marathon never crosses beyond like Boylston Street here in Boston. So, it never went into neighborhoods where I live or where most people of color live. The majority, not most, the majority, but not all. Like, it's a small percentage of people of color live in, um, hold on, can you guys hear that? A little bit. Yeah. And I'll also add too, it's just like being living in Chicago, um, that story is very similar in the fact that it's just like Boston's a very segregated city. Chicago's a very segregated yeah. city. So it's like it gives a lot of the same energy. Yeah. So basically, um, that's the reason we can concept. And I, I had mentioned earlier, we try to fill hold on. Pops. <laughs> We all live in life, running our businesses in right. real time. We just time. trying to catch you in, in the midst of running a business. This, it's okay. We get it. I got to be here. I got to be here. So, um, uh, so we created this marathon as, uh, and then we always, everything we do, what I've realized is we, when I first started this community, it was like, 
how do I be like X, Y, Z? How do I do it like this? How do I do it like this running club or this thing? But when I started seeing success is when I started, when we started focusing on the need and, and what we can do to fill that need. Um, and that's when we started flourishing. That's what I realized this weekend too. Um, so so 26 point true was like, yo, like we don't see the marathon. How can people think they can run the marathon if they never see it? Let's create our own marathon that runs through the neighborhoods where, you know, are, are, are neglected. So we started Malcolm X Park in Roxbury. Um, we run by the Malcolm X house. Uh, and we go through 13 of the, whatever, I think 15 or 15 to 18 neighborhoods in Boston. Wow. Um, yeah. So we go, and then, so the ones that I know we go through, we started Roxbury, we head towards Jamaica Plain, we go through Hyde Park, Mattapan, we come back to Dorchester, um, and then we head out to South B, South Boston, into the city, and then we go all the way up to Austin and Brighton, and they come back to Chinatown, um, uh, the South End, uh, and, and back into, um, into, 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 uh, the, the finish, which is at, at Malcolm X Park back in, in Roxbury. Um, but you get to see the city, you get to feel the city, you get to see mm-hmm. the different right. neighborhoods, what they look like. Some are really desolate, some are, you know, vibrant. So, so yeah, and it's, it's success. People love it. We got our own metal, people love, um, and we really just bring the, 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 um, the energy and it's unsanctioned and it's unsupported, but we have five cure zones that are like where we put all our people. Um, it's supported okay. with a bike thigh so people don't get lost. Um, mm-hmm. And we work with Little Lemon to make sure to, to each station is staffed with people and also with, uh, with energy drinks and, and tablets. And all of the fueling we need. How do you... So if it's... So, I mean, I've done a few unsanctioned races, um, and especially in the last couple of years. And it, it was yeah. very new to me. And I... But I can't... <laughs> quite wrap my mind around you doing it through the city of Boston yeah. and being unsanctioned and not getting checked by the police at all yeah, and yeah. having because you have a course and so how many participants are actually doing this and does it create like any like I like did you get looks from people like have you had any issues no we haven't um, because so because it's a marathon and so we have 26.2 miles we have 50 right. 50 people running so you okay just, 50 people big, that's pretty yeah okay yeah it spreads out um and unsanctioned means it's there's a course you can follow but there's no street coders you gotta make sure you know you're running on the sidewalks or if you're running on the street you're careful but um so there's none of that so we've never really had an issue with, with anything um and to answer your question how close does it get to the boston marathon like kind of where it's at we do run a bit of it uh along some like a part of the course uh, right. And so, like I mentioned earlier, only a mile, 1.2 or 1.5 mile of the, of, of the Boston, of the original Boston Marathon is run through the city of Boston. So in a, in a nod and kind of to that is we run 1.2 or 1.5 miles outside of Boston. Okay. In our 26 through marathon. Yeah. <laughs> so the, yeah. The homie who created the course is named Barack. He's, he's just like, that's what he does, right? It's that kind of what it's like. Those um, those things you can do, and the creative course to make sure, you know, just the same amount that it's, that it is in Boston for the other one, same amount out of Boston. So, and what are your goals for it? Like, I mean, you're saying that so 50 runners, that's very manageable, and it's understandable why, yeah. like, it doesn't really catch a lot of attention as far as like yeah. people trying to check what you're doing. Yeah. But do you have goals for this? Do you would you like what do you envision like 
three, four, five years down the road for your Boston Marathon? And then is it the day before or the day after of like yeah, the actual so, marathon? Great question. Uh, our goal is to make this a race because Boston is so hard to get into. The Boston yeah. Marathon, you either qualify or you raise an astronomical money. <laughs> There's no lottery. There's no, like in New York, you can run all the road races and get your name. Actually, at some point, we'll run them. There's none of that here. There are some invitational bibs that, that some people get. Like, mm-hmm. um, we were blessed to have a few this year, but, you know, a two or three um, invitational bibs. Uh, but that's, it's, so it's like so, so hard and exclusive to get into. Um, and that's very, like, unlikely to change because it's the Boston Marathon. It's just steep. Right. Story. It's coveted. So what we want to do is we want to be able to say, all right, um, I think we talked about this before. You, you got a couple homies who did qualify who were running Boston. Come to Boston, run our race on Saturday, and then cheer your homies on for the, for the Monday. So it's okay. Two and this year, we had a homie from, from uh, Houston. He ran both. He ran 26 okay. point true on Sunday, on Saturday, and then he ran Boston Marathon on, Sun, on Monday. So he got a game with two medals. He's the first to do it. So, uh, you know, I'm not, I'm not saying people do that, but I'm saying come to Boston and be. It give you a reason to come to Boston and do if you something. didn't get into it into like the, but I, I mean you're gonna get a lot of people who are gonna be like dope I'll do both like yeah, I yeah, mean yeah. You, you know I mean, especially in our community there's always gonna be the ones that want to do everything yeah, especially yeah, when yeah. it was like Boston Chicago and in like London all back to back to back like yeah right. I mean Shalane yeah. Planning or she that's that whole thing and yeah, like Shalane I did. feel like there's always gonna be people that are like that and I can yeah. see people who have ran the Boston Marathon, once they, once they hear where the course is and what it is, like, I, I can see, I can see it becoming, like, a, the city's race. Yeah. Like, yeah. if you yeah. in Boston, like, you know, like, the Boston Marathon is going to end up becoming very touristy, like, oh, yeah, this is what people outside of us think, you know, we yeah. are, but in reality, this is the true Boston Marathon. I, I yeah. think the name is a self-fulfilling prophecy, honestly. Yeah. Yeah. So the goal is to keep growing it, but not to the point where we have to then put some restrictions and closing and then having to do all that. I think we always want to keep on sanction. I think that's just the mm-hmm. culture we come from. We don't ask for permission. We just do. Yeah. Um, and so I think the goal is to keep it that way and keep it open and keep it accessible. Um, we don't want to put in those restrictions that make it exclusive in any way possible. That's, that's not the reason we got into this. Um, but we do have to be mindful that it could be something that gets hella big, too big. Yeah, too big. <laughs> I love it. I love it. I love the energy. But that sounds amazing. I saw uh, what other. I saw there was a few other Ale- activations. I saw Allison just yeah, yeah. out there. You know, I think what she did a reading uh, from her book and everything. Yeah, was, that, was that in tandem with you guys, or was that just something outside of it? Um, so she did a lot. Allison's, you know, she she does a lot. But um, what she did for us and what I love about kind of what we created. So we have a space. And the space was like home base for us, pioneers, running crew, mm. people who are in the culture that we've created. Like I said, the, the gumbo fits and the, and the seven on Sundays and the, and the, and the crews in other cities, they were right. able to just come drop off their bags, have a spot for us, feel comfortable in close to everything else. And then get, get some treatment, right. Get, getting that. And so that was a big part of it. And then being able to host our own events, the welcome party, um, kind of like, you know, get to know the city, and then the biggest event that we had in the space that was really dope was our um, shakeout room. So that's when Allison yeah. came and she, we started a shakeout 
Our shakeout was longer than, than most shakeouts because we wanted to get to Black Boston. We wanted to get into the neighborhood in neighborhoods where you can see some people of color. Right. Um, so from, we started at, here at, at the space. We ran two miles out to Nubian Square, which is where the Black Lives Matter um, uh, mural is. And then there are a bunch of other Black-owned businesses over there. And in the middle of that, we paused there and had a meditation that was led by Alice just to kind of set our, you know, set our head straight. And I actually didn't even get to go to it because I ran the space. It's the other thing about being a business owner, you can't just <laughs> make it do it. Um, yes. And so they led the, the meditation there. And I, and from the experience that people told me, it was like it's phenomenal to be able to be in that area. And like for the first time, a lot of people's first time really seeing that part of Boston. Yeah. And then we came mm. here and we held a panel discussion um, just about running culture and the culture that we created. And then it was super dope to be able to hold a discussion that was so open and honest and, and just real because there were no brands to worry about. You know, uh, yeah, talking, yeah. About like, talking about things like how do we as a culture, as a community of people of color, how do we accept brand deals without being, you know, bought out the brand compromise, compromise, advantage of, how do we make sure we get what we're worth? Right. Um, those type of discussions, talking about working together, talking about just, man, it was just so real. And, and to be able to have someone like Alison Sarah and then ask power, power. Um, I don't know if you know, guys know who power is. Power is one of the godfathers of running culture with bridge runners. Um, mm. a huge influential guy and have them two, um, who kind of came up through the New York running scene together, not have always seen eye to eye, but to have them, um, in the space, having conversation. It was the first time in many years that they were like face to face with each other. And to wow. see the magic happen, the panel, there was this one moment where um, Power, he's like, he's about community, community, community. He's created this organization, is powering community fridges, plant based community fridges throughout New York. And Power mm-hmm. is just such a, a community organizer and he doesn't really work with brands. He doesn't know how to work with brands. And Allison's just like this savvy person who worked for Money Brand. So my question to her was like, how do you? manage all these brand deals that you have. And she goes through, she talks about how the conversation her and power are having, she's going to teach and help power with the blueprint to pull money out of these organizations to, to help what he was doing. Right. Um, and yeah. to like put in a way that, that shows that for these brands to make money, they need to feed and nourish communities of color. Cause we're going to be the biggest community of people in this country. And it was just so beautiful to watch this magic happen live in front mm-hmm. of, you know, this place was packed to the door. People were inside looking, and so to have a space that we can have those conversations and have our people come together is just very, very, um, uh, I, don't, I don't know how to put it. Um, it was just, it was empowering. Uh, it was, uh, you know, and I could see people's eyes. It's like they wanted more of it. Yeah. Um, that's the opposite of what's happening other, at other panels, right? I had a panel yeah. where I had to go speak. Um, and you, made, you know, and the only reason I went is because they paid me. And I'm not leaving my space to go. But I went to speak and they were asking me, Oh, why'd you, you know, why'd you create Pioneer's Run Crew? And I'm like, you know, I was tired of being one of the only people of color in these spaces, kind of like what it feels like right now. Like on the panel live, I was the only black right. person in the room. Right. And right. I was like, I'm tired of that. So being able to do this and have it here was, was special. So so that was one of the events that we did. That was that was just amazing, and, and I think people took a lot of a lot away from it. 
I love yeah. that. I love that. That that sounds beautiful, man. I, I I'm I'm really happy that the Seven on Sundays crew got to pop out, and and we had some qualifiers ourselves, and they all got to come and and see the store, see you, you know, you hosted them well, and and showed them, you know, what Boston is and stuff like that. Because I think a, a lot of us, you know, only see Boston as like a very white place mm-hmm. from the marathon to the culture that we see on TV and to go to my friend's stories and and see the community, the black and brown community that is native there, but then also everybody who came there to share within that space. Was 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 wonderful, and I'm loving the way the running community, the the national running community, is really trending towards more of us. You know, because yeah. we we got it, we got we got a lot, we got a lot. The run run the running as a sport a lot to give. Could, have, could only it had peak. It, it was it was peaking. It had already peaked, and I think we're it was, it was at peaking a plateau, in its whiteness. I think, I think. We're, right. <laughs> so, we are about to, we are elevating the national running scene to a whole another level. I mean, it's, we are. it's we crazy. Years, but now it's getting to the point where it's like we connect. You know, the scale is starting to tip and, and the, and the floodgates are open now. So it's like everybody sees where, OK, there's opportunity and I want my yeah. and I want my value paid for. Like, yeah. I'm not um, showing up for free and, you know, you're not going to take my ideas and just run with them. So it's yeah. definitely different because because that's so that's one of the things we talked about is because we're sitting here in the space. But like each of the brands down the street, they all had to cherry, they cherry pick their one or two black people to lead whatever event they had. Yeah. But there were the black people right. there, right? Like homies were ASICs. There was only black people there. Tracksmith, there were the only black people there. Like, oh, yeah. we're co-hosting this event. But like, where are all the black people? They're in this space here with, with the rest of us, right? Where they want uh, to be. Right. Where they want to be, yeah. And so exactly. Really, really. So we all have to be careful with how we do um because the brands are coming. They're going to be coming for thing, and so we got to make sure that we get what's for everything. Yeah, I mean, I'm, it's, mm-hmm. it's very similar. It's very similar to the conversation about, you know, the Grammys versus, you know, the BET Awards. It's like, like yeah, like, let's not, you know, there, there's room. There's room. There's checks. There's all of that, that all of these benefits to going in and being a presenter or a leader at the A6 pop up, at the Nike pop up, and stuff like that. But I think there is a greater reward to being, you know, having us as a preference. You know what yeah. I'm saying? You know, but then also using whether it's our own money or the money of our of the corporate partners that we have to also you know, pay each other and stuff mm-hmm. like that. Because at the end of the day, we all got responsibilities, but making sure that we're building this this community and this like economic platform where we can support each other in very tangible ways, whether it's out of love, monetary value, and everything that we need to continue to build this community, you know? How do we pull from the system to feed the stuff that we're doing, but, but yeah. like keep authentic and building what we need? To survive and to exactly ownership is like the biggest part if you don't own anything then it's always going to be us relying on the system so right that's a lot of what we talked about during that panel too that was exciting 
Yeah. I, well, it. I, I mean, it. let us know if there's any other way that we can support you. I know you're in, you know, you got a store to run, so we won't hold you too much longer. But I guess I I I would love for you to just give some advice to anyone who is finding your story inspiring for their own city. Yeah, mm-hmm. because I mean you mentioned too, like you don't ask for permission, you just do. I mean, that's mm-hmm. what we do in the culture all the time. Mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. um I, I'm trying to figure out where my question is and all of that. But if anything, it's just like what keeps you going. Yeah. And then, yeah. yeah. Um, so if you're, if you're in, if you're in a situation where you're not seeing enough being done for you, the people you want to serve, just do it. Go get out, do it, be consistent, be true to yourself, be true to what you want to create. Um, and, and, and just stick with it. Right. No, thank you. Yeah, thank you. Sorry, <laughs> got a homie in here. Uh, that's what I love about the space. Our homies come and they hang out and they do work and all that. So, um, uh, do your like, do it, like, do it, start it. People are there. It's not one of those they will build it, they will come. Yeah, but do the work for them to come and keep it right. authentic. Yeah. Keep it real. Keep it real to whatever you're doing. Um, and, and, and that'd be good. And then for me, what keeps me going is just seeing. I mean, for me. I've always been a person that's like, it's never enough because I see what the other people are doing. Like I was, I, I we talked about before, maybe I, I have a chance to, to leave the hood and go out and get an education uh, at a predominantly white high school. And that's when I was like, Whoa, like, there's so much wealth out here. Why am I going to settle for a job, you know, for a salary when there's so, so much, much. Wealth? and for me, I'm watching these brands come up, picking cherry, cherry picking our people. To, to be influencers and to like then use that to sell back to our community. It's like, we can do this. It's going to take me a while, but we can do it. So yeah, yeah. I'm, I'm, I'm still trying to figure it out for last lap. So man, me and you going to need to touch base. Yeah. Swap my ideas and stuff like that real soon and, and whatnot. Um, Cause I mean, you speaking, you speaking whole facts. Yeah. For real. <laughs> I think a lot of people didn't realize what I was doing until they got here and they saw the yeah. space experience yeah. they were like wow nah. because they I, went, knew as, I knew as soon as i put that, pet, yeah, that fabric right. on my face <laughs> i knew as soon like, as i touched it. you don't understand <laughs> but <laughs> you know but some people get away and some people need to come and see it and then also they get the similar experience up the block with companies with billions of dollars they come here to us and they're like wow like it's the same you know it's very similar and we're doing it in an authentic real way and it's us right. our people you know mm-hmm. what i'm saying mm-hmm. look on the walls and show you those pictures you see any white folk on that wall? No. No, no. It's just right. us. white folk. You said that's just our country. You see any white folk? <laughs> Do you, right. No, and I resonate but, with that deeply. So thank you. But, <laughs> but no, it's not, you know, but we are an inclusive space that right. we do have. We have everyone of course. In but we're intentional about who we are promoting. And it's who we're it's a black, it's a black space. It's a brown yeah. space. And that's what it is. And, and those who know who are not of, our community who come into this space and understand how to how to be within it, respect it, and love it. Like I, I appreciate them so much. I mean, Seven on Sundays is a black run crew, but it's so multicultural. I mean, we got people from all walks of life. You know, I got it. It's 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 wonderful, and they understand and they respect it. But uh, Sid, man, thank you for popping on. We got you, we man. got a Boston Marathon in the waiting room, ready to come on, give his testimony for for him. I, I know you make uh, Gabe. From seven on Sunday, Super Random Boston Marathon this weekend. So we got yeah. him. We're gonna have him. Uh, we're gonna step out and then have him come back on and and, yeah, and yeah. give us so, uh, his update of 
is but yeah, ask we always appreciate you. Yeah. Ask him how you went with us. I would love to hear that. But you know, I as much as you think you appreciate me, I appreciate y'all. Just if not more, you know. I think that what you what you both created um, separately and together is just so special and kind of a bit of a blueprint too of, of what needs to be done in other cities. And you know, the show itself is phenomenal. Like I said before, the pre-marathon expo that you, the two of you put together, or what you know, whoever was a part of that. Nah, that's all her. I, mean, I, I just showed up. Yeah, so, I say, can you come host like, this? And then everybody goes, y'all did that shit together. And I was like, yeah. you know, I'm not no, we did not. Down, but I put in a lot, in a, a lot of work. And a, true, and a true leader in Ian's, you know, and true leader like Ian, he's not going to be, a, you know, there are people who will be like, you know, I, yeah, yeah, yeah. appreciate it. You know, and he's always, that's why you guys work together well. And that's why he's such an adult human because he's going to defer and, and, and tell the truth and we'll put the work in. But that stuff is very important. And it also inspires me to do more. So mm-hmm. I appreciate you. Well, I look forward to the day that we can all collab on something, do something, you know, yeah. like, do you just let us know if you need a host, you know, for some co-hosts for the next, uh, uh, uh 20, 26 point true, you know, we yeah. got you. I feel yeah, like we can't miss another Boston. So yeah, it's good. And hopefully I'll have budget to fly both of y'all out, put you up. <laughs> you know, that's what I want to be right. Like I, I have, we had a DJ, one of our, the DJ, one of our DJs this weekend, he's a leader of a run crew. And so that's like, I want people, like, we should be able to do everything, you right. know? And so, yeah. And so, yeah, yeah. That's Thank you, Sid. Have a great Thank day. You. All right. And, peace. Uh, have yeah. a good one. Peace. Peace. <laughs> peace. All right. So having Sid on here is always my favorite. I, we, as soon as we uh, paused the recording, I was like, you're going to be our regular guest and we're just going to continuously check in on Sid. I feel like that's because everything that he's doing is so like full, for the culture. It's so, it's so forward thinking and where a lot of us see the possibility. He's like pushing where the possibilities are within running in a different way. And yes. so I'm here for it. And now we got... This seven on Sundays runner, right? Gabe in the building popped Boston out, and now we're fire. back. Right, you we got to hear from saying? an actual runner, or an, I mean, Sid's a runner, but I'm saying a runner <laughs> who ran, who ran the marathon, the sanctioned Boston marathon. Yes, yes, with the flyest, the flyest seven on Sunday jersey. I'm, listen, oh, this is. Oh. I feel like we haven't even had a moment of actually speaking about the jerseys. You hinted towards them and then they were, were released and then we never actually had a time to, to talk about it. Yeah, yeah. Um, it was a collaboration uh, between uh, Seven on Sundays that Aaron spearheaded with, uh, oh my God, his name is not in front of me, but it's, it's I'm sorry if I butchered it, Greg. I was trying to say his last yeah, yeah. name like it was his first name, but Greg Itahara, okay. um, amazing designer, um, hand-painted, the jerseys for our three runners, one for Gabe, Rosalie, and um, and uh, and uh, Simeon. Um, so the images that you see on the Seven on Sunday Instagram, that's hand painted by this beautiful artist on uh, fucking what is it? Aero, Nike Aero Swift jerseys, which I can't even print. With holes in them, okay? Yes, There's holes yes, in these with, jerseys. Right, you know what I'm saying? So. It is just beautiful artwork, beautiful artwork. And I think Gabe, yours was of, of who was yours of again, Gabe? Yeah, the Virgin Guadalupe. So um, we're just trying to get a little bit of a personal, you know, personality in there, but then also 
those hands that she has when she's praying just scream seven on Sundays to me. So, yeah. So, okay. Gabe, how are you doing? Thank you for, thank you for joining us. You know, I always say, you know, I feel like Ian is always, I always want to know backstory because our listeners are not everybody who comes out to our community. We want to at least give you an opportunity to just say like, why are you a runner? And why, and then how did you get to Boston? Because um, I think it's a lot of, it's like on people's bucket list. I feel like as a runner, it's, it's like, yeah, Boston. But then when you actually get there, like, what does it take? Yeah. A lot of good questions in there, Courtney. A lot of good questions. <laughs> um, yeah. My name's Gabe Moreno. Um, my God-given name is Gabriel Moreno. Um, most people call me Gabe. Why am I a runner? That's just like in my blood. My dad was a big runner growing up. So Dope. he would, you know, we got a bunch of pictures of me um, at his races. I was born when he was in college, actually. So like mm-hmm. they'd take me out on the running stroller and all their training runs. And um, yeah, I was running around the track when he was doing his 5Ks and 10Ks. Um, so it wasn't long before he was taking me to like little road races where you get a cookie and a ribbon and let me do my thing. And um, one of those early memories is when like uh, the, the starter like congratulated me after I didn't win the thing, but like I started and like I passed people and no one passed me back. And he was oh. like, yo, keep that up. Um, so yeah, once junior high, high school, all that stuff came around. I was like on cross country and track teams. And that was like my a core part of my identity growing up. And um, it took a while, like after college and after grad school for me to get back into it. I thought it was like, all right. Yeah. I'll just be a casual runner again. But then like pandemic hit and I got that itch to seriously train for things again. Mm-hmm. Um, so yeah, this may will be like the one year anniversary of me actually training for marathons. Wow. So wait, how did you, how did you qualify for Boston then? When did you qualify? Uh, I qualified at the Indy Monumental. That was in November. Right. Uh, a lot of people went down there for that. It's yeah. super flat, low yeah. key. It's not the yeah. same hype as a Chicago marathon. I remember everybody was like, this yeah. is your last chance. Chicago but, it, it, and it, but it was like a really short time after he ran in Chicago and performed oh. phenomenal. Okay. Yeah, I did Chicago. That did not go well. So I was like, I know I've got more. Let me sign up for Indy. I think it was like the night after Chicago. I was like, yeah, I'm doing it. And then, um, yeah, had a good day. Wow. Uh, I have to just point out your last name is Moreno mm-hmm. and I was a student in Chile for um, a certain a, a time in high school and people used to always call me Morena. Yeah. And so I just, you know, just, just brought back some things. <laughs> I'm sure. I mean, it's also like black girl. <laughs> yeah, no, it literally means like brown person. It's like brown, brown man, brown, brown person. Yeah. <laughs> so, uh, yeah, the credentials are there. That's yeah. uh, I love favorite. it. I love it. I love it. And then another a cool thing, um, as we slowly build to the crescendo of you running to Boston, is that um, you end up injuring yourself during your training. You know, talk a little bit about that and what injury it was and how you were able to recuperate and recover from it. Yeah. Um, right around February, uh, two things happened. One, I turned 30. To a week after I turned 30, my knee started hurting. So that age of (laughs) Well, damn. Um, It maybe was the two marathons back to back in the fall that just kind of, I was keeping it up for a while and then was just trying for too long. But I had just like, I think runner's knee where just like some irritation in that 
series of muscles and ligaments that wrap around your knee. Um, but yeah, I had to take like four to five weeks off completely. And, um, was pretty down in the, in the ditches with that. Um, but yeah, I went to optimal performance, got connected with Caitlin, the PT over there. And she helped me, uh, after about like three weeks into that, do some exercises and get back into it. Um, but yeah, I didn't, I couldn't run for like three to four weeks. So I was just swimming a lot. Yeah, okay. I out to swimming because that's my new best friend. Yeah, that thing's great. Yeah, swimming's fantastic. Um, so yeah, what yeah. was your time at the Boston Marathon? It was 2.51. Yeah. Oh, that boy was doing like six the entire time. And then it was consistent. Like we, I was watching on a tracking app. And it was like consistent. And I think you stopped to give somebody a hug. And so like, <laughs> and then as soon as you started running again, it was like, yeah, I'm going to go back at 60. You know, like at 630, you know? yeah. It was like, it's so amazing to me that you all are able to keep such a pace, such a flying. And it's like, it was like flatline. Like if it was your heart, you would have been dead if it was your heart rate. Like it was like <laughs> so consistent. Like how, how are you able to keep a consistent pace, whether it's at that speed or even at a slow run? Because it's got to be a transferable skill. I mean, it's a, it's a training. Like you train for that pace. And so after like 10 to 18 weeks of that, you, you know what it feels like. And then like, do I mean, you go by field or do you like use your like watch and stuff like that? Well, it's a little bit of a, but yeah, there's definitely like a rhythm, you know, you find your rhythm. You're like, okay, yeah, this feels good right now. It feels hard, but it feels good. And, uh, I think that like a lot of marathon running is like having the, the intelligent amount of like gutsiness and like humbleness to say like, all right, 18 weeks from now, I'm going to run this pace that I've never run before in a race and to like train for that. Yeah. So that's actually like a real thing. Wow. I love that. Did you go space race anyone? Did I ghost race anyone? Yeah. So was there anyone like people you didn't like, was there anyone you were trying to be? Is there anyone that you were running with and you realized that they're kind of at the same pace, but you were like, nah, I'm going to finish before you. Oh, not this time. Because you're very focused on yourself. Yeah. Because of the knee, I was like, I'm just happy to be here. Like, let's see what I can do today. Happy to be Um, here at a six minute uh, mile pace. (laughs) Yeah. That's my celebration. With a hurt. That's my party pace. (laughs) Yeah. That's wild. But yeah, that's the best I've done so far. So, Hoping for some good races this fall. Awesome, awesome. So is this is is this a personal best view this time? Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Are you looking to go faster than this? That'd be nice. Yeah, yeah. Um, that would be nice. You know, what Sammy, does that mean? Sammy, Sammy and I like, you know, we're we're very similar in a lot of ways. And he ran a two forty three. And so oh. yeah, it feels like, okay, yeah, let's let's aim for that. Yeah, yeah. And I mean Simeon's two forty three isn't just and it's is a very significant number because he signed up for the race, you know, under uh the federal states of Micronesia. So he actually broke the national record for Micronesia. He smashed it. Like the yeah. record like, was by like 15, 17 minutes. <laughs> yeah. Yes. That man so his jersey has a picture of his uncle on there, which I think is royalty in Micronesia. He was also considered, you know, um, the fastest, you know, the fastest man on the island mm-hmm. and stuff. And so he's carrying the fastest man literally on his chest while he's running the Boston Marathon and obliterates 
the Micronesian national record. Respectfully, the Boston though. Marathon. He did. You know what I'm saying? Utmost he did respect. Of course, people. Yeah. Listen, listen. I mean, I, I, I really need to sit down. Really need to sit down and get y'all to really like, um, um, uh, kind of like talk on camera about you, you, each of y'all story. I know y'all spoke about it in front of seven on Sundays, um, in front of crew when you received it. But I, I really think like people see how beautiful the detail and the artwork and the creativity for the jerseys are. But to hear your stories, like to hear the story of even the reason why the colors are the way they are on his, on Simeon's jersey mm-hmm. is amazing because I think he gave a number, but there's quite a few people on the island who are colorblind. Mm-hmm. So that's why he picked those colors to depict the island, to depict the skin tones and everything. It's it's an amazing story. But, you know, um, getting back to you, Gabe, like what what part, how, how uh, let's, let's break the race down a little bit. So you got the, uh, the beginning of the race, you coming up, y'all like in the athletes village, you know, what was that experience? Like I kind of saw a picture with y'all kind of like sitting on the ground. Was it like a long wait before you guys started the race? Yeah. It felt like there was this whole series of stages we had to go through before we even got to the start line. Um, mm-hmm. Like we had to wake up mad early, get an Uber from like 20 minutes away to like where they were dropping off gear. Right. And that was like mm-hmm. just a series of school buses that they had numbers on you drop off your gear at the right bus, correlates with your bib, all that. Then they got us on another bus that took us 45 minutes outside of town to the athletes village where everyone's just getting like dropped off and they're about to hang out. Um, but you get to hang out for like two hours. It's not like a short amount of time. So some people are arriving like 6.45 in the morning. Some people are arriving like at 8.15 or whatever. Um, and whatever the weather is, you got to be ready for that. Luckily, we had mm-hmm. a like warm, sunshiny day. Um, so we were just chilling, just like having a good time. It looked decent. Past, yeah. Love it has been like rain in like yeah. 20 what? degrees and people are like, wow. Just so, out there. Yeah. Yeah. But yeah, they had like an announcer and that guy was hyped. He was like talking, you know, I was just one of these people who talks like every minute he can and saying like, all right, we got Morton's over here. We got Gatorade over here. Porta potties over there. Like shouting out the radio stations, all this stuff. Um, and so it felt like it was, yeah, it was the vibe of Boston the whole weekend was like, this is like the world congregating for like an exposition, right? Mm-hmm. And so that vibe was very there in the athlete's village. Um, but also like enough of a chill vibe where it's like, you're here to race, get ready to race. Um, yeah, right, right. But then was after there a lot for of- like a while, they start like calling you up in your waves. And then you walk like uh, three quarters of a mile to the start line. And like along the whole way, they got people who got like trash bags and bags for you to, you know, throw away your sweats and then porta bodies and all this stuff. So by the time you get to the start line, um, it feels like you're just in the middle of the street in the middle of a small town in the middle of nowhere. But that's like, what it looked like when I was watching. Yeah. But you know that like that's that's it's the about only to go thing. down. Yeah. Right. Did you feel <laughs> any tension? Like, was there like Cause like I always say, I always talk about my 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 uh my first Chicago marathon, where like somehow I ended up in Corral like B or A or something like that, and like I can the the tension the focus of the runners in that Corral was like palatable, like it was it was thick. So yeah. like, did you feel that, or were you just laser focused on what you needed to do? 
Yeah, it's an interesting question. Um, it felt a lot like being at the start line of like a state meet, you know, where like mm. you can tell all these people are really fast, but you know that you're there because you're also really fast. And <laughs> I've been in that space enough where I was like, okay, like I, I know how to deal with this. Um, but yeah, I guess it was a little intimidating, but it was also like, they can do whatever they want. Like I'm not racing them. That's what's cool about a marathon. Right. You're, there are no places that matter. Just like literally run smart, don't die, like be fast. <laughs> <laughs> literally. Yeah. yeah. Like, don't be dumb. Watch out for potholes. Like, yeah. Like yeah. I don't want to, I don't want to make it look like I'm winning the first 10 miles because that means I'm definitely crashing the last six. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, oh, oh, listen, it was a runner in a and a professional, in a men's professional who like it was like his second year doing this where he like just ran out in front of the pack, like like maybe like 10 seconds in front of the pack. And you see him just going. And everybody's like in the back. And he's just out in front of everybody, like on the bumper of the fucking pace car, or whatever. And you know, like, like he did it the first, he did it last year and he finished in like 17th place. He did it this year and finished in like 13th place. He's an American runner. But was like, yeah, that's just my strategy. It, 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 you know, it feels good. You know, I can really handle the downhills. And nigga, you're not even finishing in the top <laughs> 10, bro. Can you, like, reevaluate the strategy, bro? <laughs> like, if you want to run for fun, you can get in Corral 8. Don't be up here in the beginning <laughs> embarrassing us. You got all of the kings behind you, like, laughing at your ass. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I mean, but, whatever you got to do to scratch that itch, man. Like, whatever you got to do. What so? Me? Well, I'm curious too. Like, take me through the weekend. What were your highlights? And like, uh, did you go? Did you? Because it the race is on like Easter Monday, right? Yeah. And so, were you there since Friday? Do you like? Did did you? How did you prep? And also, what activations did you go to? Because it sounded like you went to some of the uh, pioneer. Yeah, um, yeah. We um, activities. We kind of trickled in over a couple of days. Cause I was meeting up with Simeon and Rosalie and Nez and everybody. Right. And so I got there on a Saturday, Saturday night. And so Sunday morning we went to the pioneer shakeout and what was interesting was it felt like everything, all these stores, you know, like heartbreak pioneers, Brooks, you know, tracksmith, all of them are on one street. And like that one street is like 15 minutes from the expo where you pick up your bib and all that. Okay. So there's just a bit of like shopping around. You're like, who do we want to go to? Where do we want to be uh, on that morning? And so we picked Pioneers because Sid's family. And um, I'm really glad we went there because it was like the opening of his store. They were selling gear. Um, but it felt like, yeah, all these people you pay attention to on Instagram through the year um, who are like crew people, you know, like they're fast, but they've got their communities in New York and LA and London, Berlin, all that. They were there. Mm-hmm. And it was definitely like, the POC crowd, right? Um, which felt super, super important. Um, like kind of going down that same street. Um, maybe there was a spot where that was also happening, but I didn't see it. You know, so to find that kind of home where it's like from South Side of Chicago to Newberry Street on Boston. Um, yeah. these are my these are our people. Yeah. And also, you know, we ran into the group from Toronto um who did Escape the Shy. Yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. So that was like, hey guys, like we're out here doing the same thing, different plays, let's do our thing. Yeah. Um, and yeah, eventually they had some like conversations 
that I couldn't stick around for. I had to go pick up my bib and all that after the shakeout run. Um, but they led a really sweet run through Boston that showed us the sites. Um, they curated it so that it was taking us around some of the important, important sites. But also had a moment to kind of like pause in the middle of it and have a kind of like meditation collectively to think about, um, you know, prepare for the race, but more to like prepare for it, knowing that um, not only have we put in work, but like generations of people have put in work so that we could end up mm-hmm. here. You know, and right. I'm blanking on her name, the person who led that meditation. We uh, got it. Sid mentioned it. So yeah, yeah it's now all listen, good. Now <laughs> yeah, she has not forgotten. Good. Because the way she framed that was mm-hmm. was very differently than you hear um than the script that people normally use to prepare for races. Normally so mm. individualistic, right? Like yeah. you are a lone mm-hmm. runner, you, you are doing this, this work. thing, this is on your shoulders. Um, but for her, I felt like she was in this headspace where like, no, this is all community and you are a part of that. And you might be yeah. like a kind of product that stands alone for a moment, but don't ever forget you have that strength behind you. You are forever um, tethered to the, your lineage. Totally. totally. Yeah. So, um, yeah, that whole, the way that Sid and his team, um, yeah, curated all that was really, was really special and different in a way that still felt like it was, as productive, if not more productive than the way runners normally do things. Um, yeah. So that's, after that, that's, the expo, that was cool. Marathons, especially Boston Marathon, have this like this vibe of being just like these massive productions that are like well-oiled yeah. machines where you just yeah. like, hop in the flow mm. and you just follow the crowd and you get what you need to get. <laughs> yeah. And right. Just swimming. It, Swimming yeah. downstream. For <laughs> 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 real. <laughs> so, yeah. I love so, yeah, that. I love like that. So, the night of and yeah, got ready for the race. Yeah, I saw, I saw I was turning up in the club after like post race though. Oh, lit. <laughs> Y'all was lit. I was like, this wow. Saw, I was this like, this is, the, this is the other Coachella, okay? Like, <laughs> Y'all really Somebody did forgot it. the tap close friends. You feel me? Right. We saw some things on the public. <laughs> And and there was stuff that we we self-monitored. We were like, we can't put that on the public story. So you saw the you saw the PG 13 stuff. Oh my god. I know close friends was crazy. Oh my God. But um just just going back, going back to the race a little bit. And was there was there was there a point during the race where it was like that that sticks out to you now as like that was that was challenging like that was that was tough yeah i mean it's the it's the accumulation of things like everyone talks about heartbreak hill right and mm-hmm. i think that a lot of us got you know we got together after the race we're like yeah heartbreak was hard but it wasn't we were expecting something more but yeah, it was consistently yeah but it's just like the whole thing was like hilly you know and right. we really needed to have like a technical confidence in running downhills. Um, mm-hmm. And a lot of that is like, you just pick up your pace, you pick up your, your stride frequency, right? Um, yeah. Which isn't that hard until you do that for 20 miles. And then like, <laughs> you just can't, you can't be moving as quick. So then you start pounding. And so the last six miles were a mix of mostly downhill, but some uphill. And yeah, um, yeah that's where I was like, yeah, I'm just trying to get to the finish line because uh, I, I should I should have done I should have done a few more laps at Blue Bridge. <laughs> <laughs> I was like, look, this is why you don't take four weeks off in the middle of your training cycle because you need all those 20 mile runs. 
every and, single one. Yeah. Man, I love it's it. It's amazing. I love it. It's, it sounds beautiful. I mean, congratulations for, you know, I know there was a point in time when you were talking about, like, you know, using my son. He's like, man, I just don't know. I don't know if I'm going to, if I'm going to do it or I don't know how I'm going to race it. You know, it might just be like, be like, uh, I'm there kind of run and stuff like that. But to, to watch you, to not have a conversation with you about you making that final decision to just go out there and, and run it and race it, I'm watching the, the the journey on the app and watching your pace, watching you push, knowing where you were coming from, knowing that you injured yourself, knowing that you took so many, so many weeks off, man. It was it was really really powerful, man. And I, you're you're a graceful runner any other day, but it was fucking beautiful to 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 see your performance. I wish I was there to see you in person, but just even watching it on this app was. It was it was touching, man. It was it was pretty good. Keep it up. Keep it Thanks fucking going. Yo, you are representing the brand well. You hear me? <laughs> Resilient. Yeah. Um, yes. Yeah. And I gotta say that it um, you know, being injured was like definitely like a gift in hindsight, where mm-hmm. yeah, it sucked to miss the training and not go in with like that optimal uh preparation. But you know, injury definitely helped me to like lean on my community and like to be vulnerable in a way that leads to strength. Um, you know, like I definitely thought, you know, I was talking to you like, Oh yeah. Like I probably won't be able to run it. You know, um, the conversations Mm -hmm. with you and Aaron and Maya were like, um, the thing that kept me in the game long enough to like, yeah, go to the physical therapist and find the right person and like, just take it one day at a time to the point where, um, yeah, it was like a physical possibility to run well. Mm -hmm. Um, but I think that like that, I mean, definitely before seven on Sundays, that wouldn't have been a possibility for me. I was definitely like running on my own. And mm-hmm. I think that like, it's a, uh, when you look, when I look at like my running career and look at like, what are the measurable differences um, between like now and 2018 or whatever, it's mm-hmm. not only having a community, but a community of people who are like um, reflecting the narrative that I come from. And who can right. like speak into my experience? Um, that is definitely a new kind of new kind of strength that I think helps things like this happen. Um, so yeah, a lot of gratitude to like everyone who's kind of lifting me up throughout the whole time, and definitely want to pay that back. That's beautiful. That's dope. That's dope. Before we uh, before we move on, before we get over out of here, like or um, I don't know. I'm sorry, Courtney, if you have, if you have more. I just want to take this moment as a good segue to just give a shout out to the other Seven on Sunday runners who were there. Um, like we said, Simeon beat the Micronesian national record with uh, two hours, 43 minutes, 45 seconds. Uh, Gabe came back, smashed that fucking four-week vacation with two hours, 51 minutes, and 28 seconds. Uh, Rosalie came through showing the seven, the seven on Sundays women what it is with three hours, 41 minutes, and 18 seconds, who actually, I think, did she win the Chicago 50K on the lakefront as yes, part of her training she did. Boston? Like She did. Yes. She does that shit for yes. fun. Yes. As part of her training <laughs> for Boston, she ran a 50K weeks before the Boston. You know, maybe like three or four weeks. So while you were resting, she was taking out 50K. Out there in the cold. It was not a nice day. 
<laughs> it wasn't. Right. No. Yeah. Um, and then uh, uh, Nick, Nick, uh, I always butcher your last name, Feemster, Feemster, I'm sorry, Nick. <laughs> but Nick is another gorilla runner. Oh my God. I mean, like 20, like this dude has 100 mile weeks. Like it's, it's, yeah, I, I don't even know how to explain Nick. Nick is a force of freaking nature. Two hours, 48 minutes and 52 seconds, you know, so seven on Sundays was out there and was representing. Shouts out to uh, Aaron and um, and uh, Austin, who got who was out there, showed up, showed out, was representing the cheer section, the scream tunnel. Um, I know um, not a seven on Sunday runners, but Jenny was out there. I'm sorry, I don't have her time in front of me, but I do know she smashed. She broke her goal, smashed her goal. And so Chicago was represented. So shouts out to all of the beautiful runners from the city who represented us in uh, in Boston. Yeah. I mean, I feel like next year we're going to have to be there and, and really set up a whole cheer station. Oh, yes. Just make sure that our presence is known on another level. Um, oh, yes. Yeah. But um, Gabe, thank you so much for joining us today. Um, I feel like we're going to have to have you on again. I feel like we there's a constant need to check in with our guests because running is so is like an ever changing sport for everyone, and it's something that you know we're carrying through all stages of life for the most part. Even if you're not doing it, there's other seasons in life where you end up picking it back up, like you mentioned. And so, um, definitely curious to see how you kind of continue forward. Do you have any? Um, races that you're looking at for this year other than now that Boston's done? Yeah, I've got a bid for Chicago in October. And okay. then, um, but yeah, I'm super curious about this um, West Side half. And so yeah, I'm like, you, you go, should I sign up? Yeah, I might need a bid? I w- yeah, I do actually. We, so, we, got, uh, we can. <laughs> we got That's, not bibs, baby. That's not a problem. It's whether <laughs> you want to do it we or got not. Bibs, baby. <laughs> I told myself just just get the Boston, figure that out, and then I'll figure out my other stuff. So that's All where right. I am now. But okay. And no, uh, um, thanks for having me on, and let's definitely reconnect and do this again soon. Awesome. Yes. Yes. Thanks, Gabe. <laughs> Thank you.